Welcome back to Green and Gold Rugby Podcast, another week. This is episode 167, and we're about to hit week two of Super Rugby. Fascinating first week of the tournament. We'll get to that very soon with some of our expert comments uh, from the blog. But before we do, we've got a real-life expert joining us on the line, Queensland Reds front row from Wallaby front row, Benny Daly. How are you, Dales? Hi, Reds. How are you, everyone? Thanks for joining us, mate. Um, lots of stuff to chat about tonight, but let's start with the most obvious one and last weekend, mate. A shock to the system, I've got no doubt, that result. Oh, look, it was a terrible result. Um, we didn't play at all the way we wanted to play. Uh, the Brumbies really uh, destroyed us at the breakdown, essentially, um, and that went a long way to, to winning that game. And uh, unfortunately, the good work that we um, had done uh, during that Crusaders game... Um, kind of seemed lost in the wash there. Uh, obviously not the way we wanted to start the season, but in saying that, um, it is the first game of the season and uh, it's definitely not indicative of how the season will pan out. I believe the corresponding game last year, we had a really good win and uh, look how the season turned out last year. wasn't wasn't the greatest. So we need to make sure that uh, in a season that's really very quick, um, there's no break in the middle or anything like that, that uh, we make sure that we rectify the issues that we saw from the game and, and uh, do that out in the park against the force this week. Yeah, because you don't have to go back too far to, to look at the positives in terms of that Crusaders game, albeit a trial. was a lot of positives about it. I, personally, it was one of the most impressive Reds performances I've seen for a few years. That week, you know, post, post that game and leading up to the Brumbies game, did everything feel on track from your perspective? Look, it did. Um, I don't know whether um, it was a fact there were a lot of debutants for, for the Reds in the, in the, in the team um, going into Brumby's week after that trial game. Um, certainly brought them back down to earth, uh, a few of those young blokes, um, knowing that it's not all beer and Skittles or anything mm. like that um, dur- during the season. So it's a good learning experience. Um, but like you said, the Crusaders had some really, really good points um, in, in that game that, that we can harness. Uh, and make sure that we start well um, in this competition. Uh, you know, if you don't start well, it's very hard to claw back um, any any kind of lead, particularly against the Brumbies outfit at home. And that's what happened last weekend. Yeah. So you guys have obviously done the analysis. I, I assume you you still analysed it. You haven't turned a blind eye to it. What what was the team's reading of what happened um, on against the Brumbies? Oh, look, you definitely can't turn a blind eye to it. It's, it's about finding the balance between, um, you know, uh, looking at what, what went wrong and uh, and not dwelling on it, and then also, um, you know, moving forward without forgetting what happened. And uh, we started poorly. Um, we weren't quick enough to the breakdown, and that really killed us. Um, particularly when you have Dave Pocock and the like, and Darren mm. Butler clamping on that ball straight away. It's hard to get any kind of momentum, um, and. I don't care how good a player you are. Um, if you don't get the momentum and uh, you lose the ball after a couple of phases, then you know where. Yeah, the discipline of the side was a big disappointment in terms of the penalties given away. What does that come down to? Is that just a mindset thing? Or I know Andrew Slack wrote an interesting article about um, the psychology of, around giving away penalties, and it's it's almost like a not I won't say distrust in your team, but there's is it a mental thing that it's or you're trying to push the the boundaries a bit, or what's going on? Oh, look, I think um, it's a bit of a snowball effect, Rich. Yep. Uh, you know, you give away a couple of penalties and then the referee um, obviously uh, has that kind of... Uh, takes that tax that uh, you are um, infringing quite a bit and those 50-50 calls go against you. Um, and then once you start giving the penalties away, you start getting behind the scoreboard and you try to push the envelope a little bit, try to create something and um, obviously, uh, you know, you get, take that a little bit too far and then you get the penalty. And um, it's a vicious cycle, unfortunately, and we got very much caught in that. On Friday night. Yeah, look, 
Dallas, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I'm sure you're the same, and I've got another 50 minutes. I'm oh, sure I'm going to get drilled by the, my southern counterparts about it uh, after I'm done with you. So let's move on. What changes this week? Do, do, is it business as usual? Do you get back and trust yourself and the team systems, or do you have to change stuff in terms of your preparation for this weekend? Look, we know the, the systems work. We saw it against the Crusaders. We just need to make sure that we're physical from the outset. Um, that sets the tone for the rest of the game, and you know, if you're not starting well, the other team gets a lot of confidence from that, and they can build on that. And, and confidence is a massive thing during the game and, and momentum. And if you get caught on the wrong side of the momentum train, and you're, you're in all sorts of trouble. So um, we need to make sure that we're starting well and taking it to them physically in the breakdown, in general play. Um, that will go a long way to reversing and gaining some redemption. Yeah, redemption's a big one for you guys, and it's it's not even just for last week's performance, I'm sure, as a focus, but last year the Force dealt us a couple of massive blows, didn't they? Um, they're, they're a good-looking yeah, team right. and had a great great win versus the Tars last weekend. That's right, they did, and they're full of confidence, but we can't discount the, the fact that it's our um, first home game of the season. The home ground advantage um, goes a long way as well. Um, we love playing at Suncorp Stadium, so... Um, we need to harness that and make sure that we're putting in a good performance for the crowd. Yeah, it's always an exciting time. I know, as a Reds fan, that first game at Suncorp. To, you know, we love, we know, we accept that you guys love it, and I think as fans, we love going there. But that first game, it's always there's something new happening around the QRU. They're always trying new things, so it'll be a great atmosphere, I'm sure, on Saturday night. Assuming the ground's not underwater, there's a fair bit of rain forecast. Well, that's right. Well, we need to make sure that we need to make sure that we put in a put a good result in um, for all the people that are going to be braving the perfect storm that's rolling in. Yeah, exactly right. Um, so the preparation, ha- have you felt it positive this week amongst the team? Yeah, very much so. Um, obviously, uh, we weren't happy with the way it went. Uh, so, And obviously the coaches weren't as well. So we've had some good old-fashioned bash best at training um, this week. Uh, M- Monday and uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, they've all been... Um, very physical sessions, so uh, we're under no illusion where we need to improve and where the coaching staff um, see, the, see the need for improvement, so we've been giving it to each other, and hopefully we can now uh, see the benefits of that this weekend. Now, Dows, I, I know you a little bit and, and, and through our own contact, but also some of the other players. A few aggressive sessions this week, a bit of niggle. Who did you take it up to? Any any one-on-ones from the <laughs> Dali? There's bound to be some sort of... In there somewhere, isn't there? Uh, there's always a bit of push and shove, Reg. I can't divulge <laughs> what happens in the session, but you know, I like the aggressive side of yes, things and yes. like a, a little bit of niggle. But um, yeah, look, I'll be saving most of that uh, you know, for the season. All right, we look forward to hearing it. And can we, I guess the team will be announced tonight, but we'd expect to see a couple of more new faces. We obviously had a couple of debutantes last week. Gosh, we had six debutantes last week. And to be fair, they, you know, with mixed success, the guys, great to see young Campbell Magna and the likes come on, but we expect to see a couple more this week through Adam Thompson and James O'Connor, perhaps. Yeah, I guess so. Um, look, I'm in the front row, Red. Yeah. They don't tell me much. I'm just meant to push in the scrum, and that's about it. So um, hopefully we get those players back. We've got a lot of guys in the, the casualty ward at the moment. So um, as long as they're getting trip-fed throughout the season, then uh, happy days. Yeah, OK, great. Look, mate, one of the... Um I think you recognise what Australian rugby's been under the pump a bit this last 12 months and one of the positives that we've seen from it is this being an initiative that's been pretty much created by yourself is around this big, great, do good, be great, do good um, premise with your headgear. Talk us through that and, and what's going on there. Yeah, look, um, I was uh, fed up, to tell you the truth, about how rugby was actually getting lambasted in the media uh, last year um, for a whole bunch of reasons and um, it was very disappointing to see the player um, and to, to hear those things uh, being said about the game that we all love and that we all grew up with and um, I knew that uh, the game that uh, was being portrayed in the media is not the game that, that we play um, and it's not the the type of um, values and that, that that we uphold and, and behold and uh, I just wanted to create something unique um, to show that the, the game is full of goodwill and that it encompasses all those values that we love, you know, honesty, the integrity and all that. And um, we're sitting down at the dinner table actually uh, over a couple of wines one evening and um, I was talking to my, my friend and our manager, Kylie Burner, and 
my fiance Brianna, and um, we thought, geez, it'd be good to try and get something that um, encompasses both on and off field personas. Um, and they were saying, um, and I agreed that uh, the headgear is kind of a bit of my trademark. Yep. I've always worn headgear throughout my whole career, and thought it'd be cool to do something with that. And um, started formulating different ideas and come up with an idea to to do the be great, do good premise. Um, be great on the field was doing good off it use a headgear as a vehicle to support um, a number of different tar- charities throughout the season. So, and uh, we look at the schedule and each game that the Reds play um, correlates with a particularly different charitable event throughout the year. And um, we looked at charities that uh, want to get on board and, and luckily they are all um, all for it. And so I'm supporting 16 different charities throughout the Reds regular season um, through unique designs and logos on my headgear and that headgear will be auctioned off by the charity. That's brilliant. So you'll have a new logo, new logo-themed headgear uh, every week. Yeah, every week I'll um, be having a new headgear that's um, has the colours and uh, logos unique to that particular charity. There's some really funky, cool headgear in the yeah, works, Rich. Um, so uh, yeah, it's, it's um, uh, be interesting to see how, how much support we have for it. But um, hopefully, everyone gets behind it because um, supporting these charities are very worthy and um, it'd be great to. Uh, um, uphold uh, rugby in a positive light. No, oh, that's brilliant. Does I look? I, I think it's a a, a wonderful uh, endeavour, and I think you're bang on. I think um, it's a great reminder. Your words there, mate, are great to hear from a player such as yourself who has played at your level. Oh, is is the fans? You know, we do feel sometimes a little bit disgruntled and removed and all that sort of stuff. But it's great to hear someone like yourself who still, you know, can connect and, and remember what it was like and why they play the game and so on, and and to take that a step further and try to give back to where they can. So, mate, full credit to you and, and your your management team and your, your life team there. It sounds like you've got a great endeavour. I know the Reds are big supporters and obviously you've got um, all sorts of supporters. Um, and what about this week? Have you, that, That'll that be a name soon. When when do you name your, uh, your next Yeah, party? yeah, they'll... they'll uh... So, so uh, the Reds have got behind it in a big way, and uh, it wouldn't be possible without them. Um, the the traction that they have um, in the greater community is awesome, and um, it's important that we get it out there as much as possible. Um, so they'll be posting a, like a question um, at the start of each week, just to try and get people guessing um, about it and create a bit of interest. And then right. um, the the headgear will be divulged on the, on the Thursday, along with the, um, the the charity they'll be supporting. So, um, yeah, look, it's a bit of fun um, to try and get people guessing and uh, the Reds were very kind enough to um, donate two tickets to the first person that um, is able to guess that uh, that charity to the game this weekend. So I don't know how that's going, but um, uh, I see that a lot of people are um, trying to guess. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great that uh, people are getting on board. Impact Rugby, I should make mention of them, Reg, because yeah, it's a yeah. undertaking yeah. by them to... Um, to be designing these, uh, you know, very unique headgear, one of kind headgears, really. Um, you know, I had a discussion with a few different headgear manufacturers, and Impact were the, the first and um, only ones to to get on board and and um, get really behind this. So I'm um, very lucky to have them on board, and like I said, very lucky to have the fiance and um, and my manager helping me out as well. So um, and it's great to rugby community getting behind it. Oh, that, too. Yep, absolutely, Dale. Well, that's great. Great cause and encourage everyone to uh, keep tracking uh, the announcements every week and, and support the causes as you can, uh, which is fantastic. Uh, Dale, look, thanks very much for your time. We know it's a big week. We're, we're, I know I'll speak for Queensland fans. We know this is a national podcast, but we're right behind you and can't wait to see you guys back out there at Suncorp on Saturday night. Uh, take it to the force, boys, and we hope uh, next time we speak to you we're in the winner's circle, hey? Cheers, Reds. Yeah, no, that'd be um, great. To put it simply. Great, Dales. We'll speak to you soon. Awesome. Thanks, Reds. Cheers. Welcome back, listeners. There's a great little insight from Benny Daly. They're obviously pretty fired up for this weekend's game versus the Force, but we'll get to more of that later. But let's have a look back at last weekend. I talked about the experts, and boy, have I got a paddle of experts for us this weekend. They have come from everywhere. We've got uh, we've got Hugh Cavill, a.k.a. Barbarian. How you going, Hugh? Oh, I'm not as going as well as some of the other panellists here. I imagine you're the same, Rich. Welcome to my world, and it's been my world for a little while, mate. Yeah, geez, doesn't take long for the for the gloss to wear off a Premiership winning side, does it? <laughs> it does. It does. It's about one game, isn't that right, Sully? Shane Sullivan, Sully, how are you, mate? 
Yeah, good, mate. Well, big hello from the Gold Coast. I'm looking forward to the first weekend of Super Rugby this weekend. Mate, have you, <laughs> have you been packing up your sandbags ready for the big cyclone that's about to hit? Yeah, well, I've been thinking about it. Yeah, we we do get a bit of water around my place. Yeah. But uh, no, we'll be right. Hold fire, mate. Um, <laughs> joining us from Canberra, one of the winners, Steve Brumby Jack. How are you, mate? Very well. Better than you, I think. Yes, thanks. Yes, yeah, so it will... Let's talk minimally about it. We'll have to talk about it soon, so we'll hold I'll go fire. soft. I'll go soft. Thank you, mate. Thank you. And uh, a first-timer tonight, a rookie, and, and thank God he's on board because it's uh, a great game we want to talk to. Is is Tim or Oz Timmy from uh, from the blog? Tim, thanks for joining us. G'day, mate. How are you going? Excellent. Mate, let's jump straight to you. Let's break your cherry. The Crusaders <laughs> down over in Christchurch 10 to 20. I think th- I read this was the first... Australian team to win in Christchurch since 2004. Would that be right? Uh, it sounds pretty accurate to me, mate. I th- um, and first time for a, the Rebels to have a win overseas. And uh, I tell you what, there was a sea of ecstatic fans down here in Mexico on Friday night. And I'd imagine, including yours truly, a few sore heads there on Saturday morning. But um, certainly uh, a historic win for the Rebels. And uh, you know, I think you know, this could be uh, the start of something good. We never know, but I'm going to keep a lid on it right from now. Well, but, yeah, um, we could crack out the recording of the first podcast last year and Stu joined us after you guys, I think, you had the buy of the first round, but you smashed, I think it might have been the Cheaters or someone in the second round, and, mate, he yeah. was all talk for a while and then went into hiding for the rest of the uh, the month or two. <laughs> but, but, mate, I'm not going to, not going to rain on your parade. Talk us through it. So, going into the game, you guys obviously had a really good trial period, as you had previously, but... From your perspective, you, were you confident? Did you think you could do it this week? Oh, look, I think yeah, I was somewhat optimistic. You know, I, yeah, the, the Crusaders for the last few years have always had a bad first round, and as everyone said, if you're going to have a crack at the Crusaders, take it in the first round. And luckily enough, we had that this year. And uh, you know, I, I, we had a good team made up. I was a bit worried about the uh, the back five there at first being you know, predominantly flankers, but they certainly sh- um, shone out on the weekend. You know, Tamani, I think, it was immense, and Jones is always playing that solid game, and Shaw McMahon, and despite the GBS yellow card, I think he played a really great game. That hit he did was, I think, was was immense, and uh, you know they really played that tough, tight defence, and um, you know they, they they really shone around the park. I think so. Yeah, so you're right, uh, Tamani. You know, picked at lock this game ahead of guys like Sam Jeffries and I guess more significantly Caden Neville, who sort of raised a few eyebrows. Tamani having a great NRC, but at number eight last year, he he stood up big time. Did he made that impact? But he he really played the the locks game against look a very good combination from the Crusaders. A very good forward back for the Crusaders. Yeah, absolutely. He, he did the, the I think the good things that type five should do. He just you know played into the rock. He just low and tight driving, just more, roll it up and roll it up, and eventually you know his hard work paid off with that first up try. But um, you know, his defence around the ground was quite solid, and you know the set piece I was a bit worried about having again the five uh, flankers in there, but. No, it had a couple of moments there, but I think it you know, it did okay, and uh, hopefully we can improve on that against a fairly tough Oricast pack this weekend. But um, you know, I, I, some of the other big highlights to me, Mikey Mike, I thought he was great there. Yeah, I've got to mention him. Yeah, he was pretty critical, wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Like he kicks like a metronome. He says bang on every time, and really need those level uh, heads out in the back. And I think he's been a, a great pickup and an, an easy spot for Jason Woodward with the boots. So. Um, you know, again, the defence back out there, especially with um, uh, Inman and, and uh, Ellison out there in the centres. You know, Ellison just slips straight back in the team. It's like he's been you know, played all the, tri- uh, the trial matches. He hasn't even been in Japan. And, uh, you know, um, d- just that whole second half after Sersak's try, which was just that beautiful run oh, against the yep. play. Didn't even expect it to happen. And then just that tension for the last 20 minutes, I was... I was on the edge of my seat. I, d- I just didn't know what was going to happen. And finally, when the siren went, you know, I just oh, I lost it. I was so very happy. So. <laughs> Deservedly so. That's fantastic. Uh, a- a- anyone else have thoughts on this game? I know um, uh, Braveheart and myself picked it last week. We were pretty confident, I guess, as much through the Crusaders' um, sl- traditional slow starts to the season. But also... In due recognition of the the way the Rebels are playing on the back of the Melbourne Rising last year, but they have recruited well, and I think they've recruited um, cleverly and in, in the right positions and the right type of players. So uh, due reward for them this week. Um, Sully, you got to watch this game? Yeah, I was pretty, feeling pretty good after this game. Um, 
yeah, it was really pleasing to see the way the Rebels went about their business. It was really good work. Tamani was massive. Um, uh, good Queensland boy, Mike Harris, he had a great game. Mm. <laughs> We're missing him already. Yep. Um, not really happy. You could see that the Crusaders weren't on their game, but, they, I mean, the Rebels uh, stuck to it and, and they well deserved that, that win. Yeah. yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah, well, that started off this week. Uh, Rebels getting up over the Crusaders 20-10, to 10, um, which is a, a fantastic first game uh, for them. Um, gosh, where do I go next? I don't really want to go there, but I guess <laughs> I'm obliged to. Let's go to Canberra. And, and, and Steve, why don't you lead us off? 47-3. You would have been you know, confident for the win, but did you expect that? Oh, absolutely not. I thought the Brumbies would have been in with a chance with that back line they had, and it would have been a, a, a close game. But 47-3, if you had said that at the, be- at the beginning of the week, I told you you were dreaming, but you know, we'll take it. And uh, I don't, I'm just gobsmacked at that result, to be honest. Well, you know, yeah, it was. It was one of those performances, and, and I'm sure Sully will have some words soon. But, mate, it's a lot of positive for the Brumbies. That the combination for a first game of the season looked was really impressive and and then some of those individual games i mean david pocock obviously it needs to be mentioned gave i think a lot of wallaby fans a lot of hope this year yeah it's good to see him back on the field for for one game um, we'll get into that later though yeah. but um just um you know the, the brumbies uh they, i think their forwards also stood up quite well in that game and admittedly the reds were their worst own enemy and, and couldn't really get into the game at any stage to be honest um the Reds had shown a good driving more uh, through the preseason, but I think the Brumbies more this time around was also exceptional. There's even one where I think 13 guys were in there uh, when Pocock dropped the ball at the back. So it's good to see that everyone's having a go in there and it's um, being used as a, as a weapon, I guess, um, in the forwards as opposed to their back line, which can also do the damage as they did on Friday. Um, and well led in their halves, uh, Nick White, a real standout. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's always good to see a good matchup going against um, you know, derby games, but I, I really think he took the points over Will Genia, who, let's, let's be honest, he was he was trying his hardest in a, in a well-beaten um, back line and, and team all around. And that just that... Um, Little rubber kick nutmeg that he did on um, Genia, I think just I think just summed up the, the Reds' night. To be honest, and, and it's probably also worth mentioning one of the concerns the Brumbies had last year was uh, Lilia Fano having a bit of the yips in the kicking, but his kicking game was back to to pretty damn good. I guess he missed a few. Could uh, oh no, he only missed a couple of conversions, but um, he he was looking pretty good as well. Yeah, that's that's a, a very good sign. Uh, with that depth heading towards the World Cup, at least, and there was a couple he landed from quite wide out, um, I think particularly one on the left-hand yep. side, so he's preferred uh, side for a right-footer. That was good to see, because in the past, like last year, his kicking was, I think, 50% of thereabouts, which is well down on what he's done in the past. Yeah, and what you need to be a successful team. Okay, Sully, you've done well to hold your fire so far. Tell us, mate, what's, <laughs> what's your read? Uh, well, the, the Brumbies bought everything that we expected them to bring. I mean, they're a great team. Well drilled. The passing and catching was great. The forward pack was great. But I expected the Reds to bring something more than last year. We had the same passive defence. Um, there was the same shoddy work at the breakdown. That was the same backs don't seem to know who each other are, let alone catch and pass. It was all the same problems that we were seeing last year, and nothing seems to have moved on. So. The Reds, I mean, the Brumbies, on the other hand, were a complete team, and we were no chance. Yeah, mate, no I, chance at all. I think you nailed it. I, I, it was it was 2014 all over again. I think we all had high hopes, particularly in the base back of that trial. But uh, there was not much displayed on that field to to indicate that the team has moved forward. Now, you know, you and I are both passionate Reds fans, and we'll stick with them. But that was. A pretty demoralising performance for the first round of Super Rugby, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Man, I've got to say, I didn't make the end of the game. Yep, I, I, I was couldn't the same. watch the last 10 minutes. I was the same. But um, the, one, the, only, the good thing, I think, there were some weak, weak tacklers in our back line and the tackling seems to be a bit better. But if you're not moving up, you know, you're struggling to keep them behind the game line, basically. 
Yeah, and and that's I know that's a target of the Reds team this year is that aggressive defence. They want to be moving forward um, in in defence, you know, attacking defence this year, and we didn't see that um, unfortunately. Uh, oh, I forgot round. to mention I forgot to mention the penalty count. I mean, it, 17 seems like a lot, but we were averaging 14 or 15 last year, so the penalty count's still up there. No, nothing's been done about that. Uh, I know that Angus Gardner was picking on you know the aspect of not rolling away on the ruck, but you can't say that any of those penalties weren't deserved. Yeah, and you know the Kevy Horwell, a uh, couple of yellows for a red, um, not a great look for Kev, unfortunately. Um, so we'll see how they sort of back up. Um, Hugh, you got to see this game from a, 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 a impartial perspective. What was your reading? Yeah, it was an interesting one, wasn't it? I mean, from the very early stages, I mean, I, I tuned in two or three minutes into the game and already you could tell it, it was on for the Brumbies. You know, just the passes were going to hand. They were just making just a little bit too much ground with every time they spun the ball and... They just looked so polished. And I just thought instantly, geez, the Reds are going to be up against it. And the thing that surprised me with the Reds, I mean, yet they looked a bit scratchy. And obviously with their injury list, you'd expect some of that, you know, on paper, the Brumbies were always going to win that game. And it turned out they did. But the thing that surprised me was how much the Brumbies dominated the Reds at the ruck. Because the last, last season, the Reds struggled, but they had a pretty decent forward pack. And guys like Jake Schatz, Liam Gill, um, Curtis Browning, um, and, you know, they didn't have Rob Simmons, but they had James Hall there for at least 60 minutes of the game and James <laughs> Slipper. And, you know, that's a pretty pretty impressive forward pack. And, and yet the amount of times that they got penalised for holding on with David Pocock or... Um, uh, what's the number eight's name? Who's, I've just forgotten. John, uh, um, Butler. Butler. Ger- over the Butler. ball. <laughs> and... And um, Steve Moore, I think, got one as well. I mean, it just, by the end, it, it got a bit silly. And you thought that, geez, it, uh, you, can, you can often make excuses for a losing team and first game, and there's, and there's a plenty of reasons why they should have lost that game. But the lack of enthusiasm at the ruck was really surprising for me. Yeah, bang on. That, the work at the breakdown was just, just absent. And if there's a team... Uh, you can't you can't risk that with just the Brumbies. I mean, with obviously Pocock first game back, but the Reds know Butler, they know his game and, and how effective he is there. And and unfortunately, um, it wasn't to be. So, Steve, what was the wash up for the team this week? They were a uh, positive out of obviously a, a, a confident start to the season. Yeah, pretty very much so. You've got to keep that one under wraps, though. It's the, you know the first game, and just I will. Give the Reds a bit of defence here. Like you look at their Good, midfield, because they didn't there. have much themselves during the night. Yeah, right? that's that's a that's a fair comment. But um, you look at some of the the players they didn't have. Yeah. Um, and you look at the, the experience that they have. You know, you look at Cooper, hundred caps, Ant Fanger, about seventy, mm-hmm. and then Tapawa and O'Connor about sixty. So there, there's a fair chunk of experience missing there when you consider you've got a, a first starter in Carmichael Hunt, who obviously had a lot placed on his shoulders and. Just wasn't his night, and just outside him with um, Karevi and F. Uh, Saltia, you know, there's it, you can if you can like I said, you can dominate preseason and, and, and NRC, but I think it just proves that that step up from NRC to Super Rugby is is still evident. But um, you know, once these guys come back um, for the Reds and even Adam Thompson as well this week, um, mm. I think I think um, all is not lost. But yeah. you never know. But I think just back to how the enthusiasm, but I think was telling for the Reds is that um, Slipper was hauled with I think 20 or so minutes to go. Yeah. Uh, that, I thought that was a very baffling decision to pull him that early. Yeah, yeah, and it uh, left them short later on, particularly when Kevy was red carded from a leadership perspective. Look, um, a few, full credit to the Brumbies; they were very, very good on the night, very slick, and uh, a very. Um, a very solid across-the-park performance by them uh, in, in quite contrast to the Reds' performance. So let's move on. Um, we'll, you know, from a, a quick review perspective, uh, some of those other games, um, it was an interesting round in terms of uh, only the Brumbies, in fact, being the only home team to win. So um, the Lions went down to the Hurricanes, the Blues went down to the Chiefs, uh, the Sharks went down to the Cheetahs and the Bulls went down to the Stormers. So, uh, you know, a, a dodgy round for, I'm sure, a lot of tipsters. 
capped off by this last game of the uh, of the round, whereby Waratahs at home going down to the force. Hugh, mate, what happened? Yeah, it was a, it was a really good question that one. Um, I think it was a pretty close game, or certainly um, for for long periods of the game, you'd say it was evenly fought. Both teams had good possession, both teams had good territory, and both teams had plenty of chances to score, but the force were just far more clinical um, in taking those chances, and then they feasted off a few Waratahs errors that were presented, and they end up running away with the game. It was one of those typical force wins, you know, where you get to the end of the game, and you try and, you know, me writing the match review, and I do tend to watch the Waratahs a bit more, yeah. but still yeah. watch the force, and, and you go, geez, who's man of the match? And you go, Christ, I don't know. You could, And then you name about six, seven players, none of whom really played the house down, yeah. but all of whom had incredibly good games. And, um, it, again, it was just one of those typical force wins where they just kept coming at it and they barely missed a tackle and they didn't drop the ball. And, really, apart from a few struggles at the set piece, you know, they they were really impressive. And, look, the Waratahs certainly have got plenty of, um, pl- plenty of positives to come out of that game. I think a lot of the criticism was a little bit much... Um, certainly on on uh, the blog uh, at Green and Gold, I, I think the what they showed in the last five or ten minutes, they started putting it together a bit, and you could just tell it was obviously a case of first game and uh, a bit rusty in the heat and a whole lot of other factors there. And whilst that doesn't really excuse the way that they played, and certainly some of the Wallabies, I mean, Kurtley Beal and Ashley Cooper both had shockers. Um, Bernard Foley was quiet for long stretches and. I mean, they really got showed up, but I, 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 I'm not too fearful, and I'm still pretty confident that they'll be there at the at the business end of the season. Um, but yeah, geez, you'd, you'd like to see a little bit more in the first game, though, wouldn't you? Yeah, look, it was great intensity by the force. They really played a smart game, and I think it's been commented on enough. They had a, a, a you know an obvious game plan to take on those Waratahs, and they they stuck to it. And you know, a few things went their way. Um, some some really quality play, Angus Cottrell. Uh, you know, first Super Rugby game for a while was was superb, and um, again their halves, particularly Albie Mathewson, sorry, um, really critical to the outcome to that game. But you're right, Hugh. I, I don't. Yeah, you're disappointed for the loss, as I'm sure the Waratah fans are, but not without hope, which a few other uh, rugby supporters in Australia might be at the moment. Sully, uh, what was your reading of this game, mate? Uh, did you expect any inkling at all? Uh, no, I really expected the Waratahs to come out and continue where they left off last season. Um, and you could see glimpses of that game plan working for a few minutes at a time, but then there was a drop ball or, or you know, some, the, a bad pass and the breakdown and the, and the force just fed off all those mistakes. And, um, yeah, and actually I know both teams left a few points on the park, but... I think uh, the force left about 15 points mm. out there with that really badly Last bombed try. Yep. Yeah, and uh, the and uh, CS uh, Everson's kicking. I've never seen him kick that badly. So. Yep. So um, now I, I can see the the, the uh, Waratahs clicking any time soon, and they actually looked a bit um, not underdone, maybe overtrained. I don't know. One of those two. How's that sound? <laughs> <laughs> I think you've covered it there, so that's good. Yeah. Right? Um, all right. Well, that's that's the first round of Super Rugby, and, and like I said, a, a lot of really interesting results, and and uh, push, you know, should have sets us up for a fascinating round two, which we'll move on to now. And once again, Friday night uh, footy, uh, two oh sorry, three Aussie teams uh, on show, two uh, two games there. The first one being. Uh, for your boys, Steve, is the Chiefs versus the Brumbies over there in New Plymouth. Yeah, that's going to be a really good game. I think it's uh, it's a shame it's probably come this early in the season. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, both uh, teams coming off good wins last week. Uh, the, the Brumbies will be struggling a bit this week, I think, without David Pocock. Um, it, it's not a knee injury this time. Yeah. I know it's, uh, that's probably the biggest surprise, but it's uh, he's suffering probably the most Googled uh injury in the syndesmosis this week so he has been sighted in a moon boot so they're only saying it's going to be week to week but um you know when you see here moon boots and ankles it's it's not going to be good and even week to week mate's always a bit of a concern but yeah 
Yeah, but I, but I guess the good thing is that you know the Brumbies have uh, have unfortunately been through this before, so they've mm. got the, the plans in place. You know, Jared Butler last year stepped in very well and ended up taking the Players Player Award um, yep. for that for the year. So um, it's not like it's going to be an, an unknown situation for them, and, and and Butler will probably just uh, well, the team hasn't been announced, but I'm assuming he'll probably slot in there um, and cover that position. Well, look as a as a, as a general. I mean, just as a bit of insight, I mean, I did a syndesmosis injury a couple of years ago, um, and I haven't played Super Rugby since. Gee, that's bad, um, isn't it? That's not oh, good. So oh, God. It, I'm not, it doesn't look good for Dave, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, terrible. <laughs> wow, okay, well, geez, I hope the Brumbies are listening. Stevie, well, <laughs> yeah. we've got to start making some action. Um, so, so, so what would you be your expectations be there of changes for covering Pocock? Do you reckon they'll keep Butler at eight, or will uh, a Doyle get a run? Is it Doyle your new signing from yeah. Olin? Yeah, I'd say um, Butler will, will probably get the nod, considering he's done the business in the past, and uh, probably Doyle maybe snag a, a spot on the bench there. Yeah. Uh, not quite sure what they would do with number eight. There's a bit of talk maybe uh, Itavea might. Step oh, up there. Yeah, of course. Great to see. That's a great story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Fotu's the other other name, but he's a few weeks off yet. So, um, you know, but the, the Chiefs this week have have the luxury, I guess you can say, of recalling a few uh, All Blacks in the names of Messam and Cruden, and yeah. even Brody Retallick will get a start on the bench. So, uh, for them to be able to bring those guys in on the back of last week's game, and uh, they're um, Fly-off played exceptionally well, and he's been benched, so that shows you the calibre of their depth in, over there. Yeah, OK. Well, let's uh, let's go around the grounds, guys. Tim, thoughts on this game and who you're picking? Oh, look, uh, for this game, it's it's pretty hard to tip against the Chiefs, but I'm a pro Aussie, so I'm going to tip the Brumbies by three. I just think um, they looked really good last week, and the Chiefs, yeah, it looked quite good, but I think um, you know, I'm just going to go the Aussie thing today and just go the Brumbies by three. Excellent, mate. Uh, Hugh? These second round games are always so tough to tip because you, you never know, you know, how the season's going to pan out, and you can get some false positives in the first week. A bit like the Rebels last year, who flogged the Cheaters, and everyone thought, yeah. you know, they'd be sensational, and it turns out the Cheaters were just rubbish. <laughs> and uh, so, whether that, I'm not, not that I'm saying the Reds are going to be rubbish this this season at all, but um, I, I'd probably that. I'd probably lean towards the Chiefs just because I think. The Brumbies probably were a bit flattered by the opposition in yep. the first first week, and, and the Chiefs, um, that Chiefs Blues game, which I saw a part of. I mean, wasn't wasn't the super high quality game, but certainly I think the Blues were a bit gave them a bit better test, and they came through. So I'll go with the Chiefs at home advantage, but it's going to be a great game. Yeah, Sully, what are your thoughts, mate? Uh, yeah, I'm with I'm with you. The, the uh, it's going to be a great game. The Chiefs were missing a, a shitload of. Um, all Blacks last week, so uh, I expect them to come back. Uh, I think it's going to be close, and I think there's a pretty good chance that these two teams might be our grand finalists this year. So, Wow, be cool. Um, yeah, yeah and, and like you say, yeah, great game. Pity it's early, uh, as previously said. I'll tip the Chiefs in a tight one as much for the home ground advantage as anything else. Um, and that loss of Pocock, I, you know, while they're used to it, you're right, Steve, it's still... Um, Probably not something they would have planned this early in the season and, and I reckon will be a bit of a blow for those uh, Brumby boys. Um, all right, the next game in the doubleheader is back down at Amy Park in Melbourne, the Rebels taking on the Waratahs. Timmy. G'day, guys. Confident, well, mate? Uh, oh, look, uh, quietly confident. As I said, keeping a lid on it because as you all pointed out a bit early, we got uh, we had a good uh, first up win against the uh, Cheetahs last year, then it got absolutely done by the force because we decided to swap half our team. Yes. Um, <laughs> not the greatest move in the world, but, you know, um, if Tony can pull this <laughs> off this weekend, things might be forgiven, but... Um, what was he thinking? <laughs> Tony, what were you thinking? I, I've, I've got nothing on that. I have no idea. I just looked at this chair and I went, oh, God, we're going to get rained on here. But uh, uh, look, this week, you know, First bag going back at Army Park, and for all your fans who love going back to the home stadium, now I can't wait for this. I'm just counting down the days at work at the moment. You know, it's all blurring into one, and you know I'm hoping for a, bit, a good crowd of that 15k down there, which is Very a good-sized crowd down for Army Park. You know, it's um, got to be positive about it. And a lot of others might not know this is um, 
for the Battle of the Weary Dunlock Shield, and you know that means a fair bit to the Rebels uh, faithful down here as well, and I'm sure the uh, the Waratahs fans as well. So we'll be playing for some a little bit of silverware today uh, on Friday. Sorry. Um, look, in terms of some of the matchups, uh, you know the things I, I look forward to. I want to say that Higgins versus Parlu duel, you know, mm. because they'll be looking for some Wallabies time this year, and McKelman's, you know, doing a really great job of that, but. You know, um, Parlo for that, you know, classic up-the-gut sort of play versus Higgers, who's that more expansive seagulling type of play, you know, that's, it's a two contrasting styles, and it could be a very interesting battle. Um, I know the the, uh, the the Rebels media guys talked about the Battle of the Centres, but I think the, the only battle in there is Kirtley versus Curly this weekend. <laughs> I think, you know, with, his, with the fun that he had last weekend, um, I wonder how he's going to respond, to it, especially in front of the, the stockade crowd who tend to have long memories, maybe uh, a bit too long, but um, we'll see where we go from there, but... Uh, you know, there's there's also that decision of uh, you know, what you're going to do with Mikey Mike. You know, do we keep him at ten or does Jack play again? And I was a bit sceptical that he's um, free to play because I thought he did get concussed in that game when he went off. But uh, according to the Rebels media guys, again, no, he's uh, only got a sore eye. So I was a bit surprised by that. But we'll see where we go. And um, you know, if, if anything out in that backline, maybe a bit of a weakness out there on those wings. You know, Rob Horn's certainly good, but. Um, your other big winger, I'm, I'm not so sure that he had a, a flash game last week, and like like a lot of other players, so we might have, we might have a bit of a chance out there. But, I hate um, to say, Timmy, but you're a rookie, and it's our sort of hazing period. You have to pronounce his name. You can't just call him the big winger. Oh, Tarlik, I've got nothing. Yeah, just, okay. just, <laughs> we'll have to question whether we bring you back. Sorry, mate. That, that's okay, mate. No, I, I failed, but that's all right. We'll you bring know. you back when the Waratahs have a bye. <laughs> Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, well, it's why Steve's still here because he got Ippolito for Nukitao back in the day. Does that no bloody hope? But um, look, I, I think we've still got some areas to, uh, to, to polish up. I reckon our scrum could do a little bit more work. And you know, you know one thing that I did like uh, what I heard about the um, the Waratah scrum last weekend was that it was pretty solid. So we could be up for a challenge there. I still think we've got a problem with two. And, uh, you know, Pat's work around the ground's pretty good, but his line-out throwing was just shocking. And, yeah. you know, I think we've, we've got to we've got to look at bringing Tom Tom Sexton in or Ben Whitaker. Um, not too sure there, but, you know, Tom had a really great NRC, and it would be really great to see him having a run out there for the Rebels. He's been waiting for it for nearly two years now after his first season was curtailed by a knee injury. Um and certainly there's that factor of the Waratahs is out for blood. And, you know, after a thrashing against the force, they're just going to be gunning for us. And, you know, that could be a problem for me. So, um, but, uh, you know, that probably be the only change I'd make in the forward. I'd like to see how that uh, back five goes again. Um, you know, it was it was a good experiment. It did work and maybe it could work again. But, you know, there's a couple of big boppers I got there in the second row. So we could be in for a bit of pain, but we'll, we'll see how we go. And Sturzacre's out. You didn't mention that, did you? He's suspended, so Bird yeah, yeah, that's right. Little Red was a little bit uh, over-enthusiastic when he saw Richie lying on the ground and decided to give him a bit of a touch-up. But, you know, us Rangers, we, we like to get a little bit feisty there every now and then. So, But, um, yeah, he played a guilty, got a week. But I, I think that's something he probably needs to work on with his game just to, just to control that uh, temper, maybe, or just that enthusiasm a bit. But um, Scotty was lucky to get off, but... Um, I think the refs gave us one and um, took away one from us, so, you know, not a bad mix. No. Um, and again, and from a tweaks perspective, you know, I'll be looking to put in Mike at 10 and uh, Bryce at 15 and maybe resting Jack this week to get over his head knock, because it looked like a head knock, and maybe bring Karen Horford in onto oh, the bench. DeBrisley went off against the Reds in the trial, too, with a concussion, so, yeah, that's something very much to watch. Hugh, from your perspective, mate, the Tars, uh, same team named, um, you'd expect a much more polished performance? Uh, yeah, look, I mean, and look, Reg, just before we go any further, yep. um, it's Deborah Chesney. Oh, it's not, I mate. think. It's Deborah Debrasini. Debrasini. Sorry, I just looked up Google. Okay, no, good. Hey, okay, mate. well, I'll see myself out. I'm a professional. Um, <laughs> uh, to Kelly Nayaravoro, by the way, Tim. Um, that was the answer <laughs> well we were looking done. for. Well done. Come back um, in. What are we, are we playing Scrabble or <laughs> something? Thank, thank you, mate. <laughs> um... Yeah, look, I, I think the Waratahs unchanged lineup, and obviously that, that's the sign from Michael Checker that they're not panicking. Look, I expect this to be a really close game, um, and they have been for the last two or three years. Going back a few years, I think, where we dusted the Rebels up pretty solidly down there, I think ever since then it's actually, you know, they've, they've been pretty tended towards low-scoring games, tended to be pretty tight. Um, look, I, um, I'm pretty kind of confident 
with this one, to be honest. I think the Waratahs set piece coming back from um, coming back from that game against the Force. The lineup was surprisingly strong. They had a really solid scrum, and look, I think that's going to be where the Waratahs are going to edge the Rebels this week. Um, Tim, you touched on it, and and um, look, I, I think that that's where, as a Waratahs fan, I'm kind of looking towards that sort of area of the game to really lead the way for us and. Hopefully our backs can kind of get it together and Bernard Foley can take those last five minutes that he played and keep playing like that. And I don't know, it's, it's maybe that's the blind optimist in me speaking, but look, I think I, I, I'm hoping the Tars are going to edge it, but only by sort of three to five points. I can see this really coming down to a few moments of, you know, whether the Tars can hold onto the ball better and, and how either side capitalises on the other's mistakes because the Rebels have got some really potent counter-attacking threats in that team um in the forwards and backs so look I, I'm, I'm i'm quietly confident but i um, wouldn't be surprised to see the rebels get up certainly yeah interesting call there so a close one picked by, by you there hugh uh, good comments about bernard Fowler. i remember he started last season pretty slowly but obviously finished on fire so uh he was quite an honest one the weekend and one they'll need to to step up uh steve what's your thing uh on this one mate which way are you leaning I agree with you, and that's going to be a pretty close one again. It's not um, every day a team knocks off the Crusaders, admittedly with a, a slow start there. But um, I think the important thing for the Rebels this week is to, to stay level-headed. And uh, like we touched on last year's incident where they changed their team and then got towed up and then it went downhill from there. So I think they just need to keep a, a level head about it uh, not get too excited about beating the Crusaders and, and things like that. So... If, if they can play like they did last week and just keep things very simple, I, I don't think they did anything flashy, but what they did, they did very well. And I think you could see a lot of uh, uh, things that, like their new uh, skills coach, I think is Todd Loudon, um, had a lot of his fingerprints over their play. So if they can keep that going, I think they will could do the business here. Yeah, interesting. Sully, what about you, mate? Uh, I'd love to see the under. I think the Rebels are the underdogs, and I'd love to see an underdog get up. But I think the Waratahs will, will be uh, much better than last week, and they'll get their patterns right, and their passing will come right. And uh, I think they'll do them by ten to twelve points. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the Waratahs will do this. I don't expect them to lose two in a row, and I'm, I'm not convinced the Rebels are are yet there. They they haven't urged my right to tip them to win two in a row just yet with all due respect to the Rebels and they may surprise us but I think the Waratahs will get up there uh, next game that night there'll be Bulls playing the Hurricanes over there at Loftus the Highlanders on Saturday a nice afternoon game for us uh, are taking on the Crusaders in Dunedin and then Saturday night Reds versus Force first home game for the Reds uh, unfortunately at the same time as the Aussie cricket team are taking on the might of Bangladesh at the Gabba which is where I'll be but uh, Reds v Force uh, home games we love Suncorp Stadium Sully talk us through it you got some hope is your hope restored <laughs> uh, that's a hard question isn't it um, I don't know I think uh, Thompson will come in at 6 or 8 uh, I think James O'Connor will come in at fly half uh, which may be better uh, it's hard to tell he's been away for 18 months or yep, two years exactly so um, yeah and we always have trouble with the force it's going to be a wet game so the, the forwards yeah okay I can see us winning this it's going to be a hard... <laughs> You've just talked yourself around. I love it. Yeah. Um, well, I'm just thinking it's, it's definitely going to be a wet game. I mean, that they're, they're two great forward packs. Uh, I think our scrum and maybe our line-out will, will do better than them. Maybe around the park we might struggle. Um, okay, I'm going to go Reds in a, in a wet... Reg, Reg, you'll be there, by the way, because the cricket will be Yeah, I, I was actually literally <laughs> just thinking I'll have to remember to take my accreditation of the cricket. I think you're right. Um, yeah. Yeah, okay, so you're to be the Reds. Look, no, I, 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 um, mostly because I'm not going to tip the force, am I? Yeah, look, yeah. I I guess I should provide some sort of impartiality to the force. I'll obviously tip the Rebels, uh, the Reds. Um, but, uh, look, I was really impressed with that force performance, and I think they've got the type of game that will really trouble us now. The Reds have put a lot of um, focus on this match, as you you would expect. They're, they're calling it their redemption game, and, and I really hope... Uh, that proves accurate because um, it'll be a long season if they don't. Force, uh, how missing two key players, uh, Dane Hallett, Paddy, 
from fullback will miss the game, as will uh, at the other end of the field. Uh, Peck Cowan, who obviously went off injured versus the Waratahs, will miss it as well. Um, so they're two big losses for them. Um, will be interesting to see who they bring in at fullback there. Uh, but Petty was was excellent, uh, you know, against the Reds last year. I'm a big fan of his, uh, as many of the podcast listeners will note. I'll stick with the Reds because I think they'll turn it around. I've got confidence. Unfortunately, it'll be you know another uh, quite different team. And like you say, we expect O'Connor and Thompson to stay, uh, come back in the team. It'll be interesting to see uh, the likes of uh, obviously JJ Tuolangi's out, um, Duncan Paiua is out. Um, so some changes will take place, uh, and uh, whether the likes of Kevy Horwell, a lot of people on the forum calling for him to be dropped after his performance on the team, which staggers me. But um, uh, staggers me too, mate. Yeah, I can't. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hugh, what's your think, mate? You you think the force can back it up again? Look, I wouldn't be surprised if they did. I mean, this is a bit reminiscent of last year where they kept taking scalps and yep. every week on this podcast we'd say that same question, can they do it again? Yep. And every week we'd arm and ah and go, oh, I don't know. And every week they'd prove us wrong and do it again. Um, look, I, I, don't, I don't know if, if they're, you know, that real deal side yet. I'm not sure. I mean, I certainly think, they are going to play, as you said, Reg, a, a type of game that's really going to trouble the Reds. It's going to be stifling. You're going to, that line speed's going to be flying up and, and pressuring that back line, and you've really got to be composed and, and try and wear it down gradually. I mean, I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way. I think it's going to come down to those last 20 minutes and whether that fitness edge is there and whether that composure's there for the Reds after last week and whether, you know, whether that game's really knocked them around a bit mentally, uh, we're really going to find out, I think, and I hope for their sake that that that's not the case. So, look, I think the Reds at home are always a, a tough game, so I'll tip them by two. But, gee, I think the Force are going to be right in it. And, it, and it, again, it's going to come down to that. You know, if they get what they had against the Tars with a, a, a break, a runaway try, and maybe a yellow card or something to, to get the momentum going in their favour, um, yeah, it could go anywhere. Yeah. Look, I, I should just mention, I, I, I mentioned with Daly before, I do love a first game of the season at Suncorp. Uh, you know, without sounding like I'm smoking, blowing smoke up their asses, the QAU do a great job of of changing things up in the season. I, I love seeing what's going to be different. I hear rumours that the drums may be back, so uh, if you're a fan of that, which I always was, you'll get there. Yeah, I'm a if, fan. If you're not a fan, just take your earplugs. Can, um, can they please take the drums from the stockade because I'm over there. You don't like them? Nah, I'm done. All <laughs> they right. can go. Tim, what about this game, mate? What's What's your read of this game? Oh, look, you know, we, we can talk about skills and all that sort of stuff, but at the moment I'm seeing um, there's, a, there's a lot of confidence in that side at the moment. They've got some, you know, good players. They played a really good game last weekend, and, you know, they came away with the chocolates, whereas the Reds absolutely demoralised. Yeah, they are playing in front of the home pack, and they want to make that back into a fortress again. But, you know, at the same time, you know, they've got to get some of those basics right. And, you know, I, I see that, you know, the, the force are trying to pick up a little bit of momentum where they left off. They had a really good season last year, and they started really strongly. And, um, you know, again, I think it would be a tight sort of game, and I think, you know, the force might just tip them. They, they did that last year in, in pretty good conditions, and, you know, it was tried just on the on the siren there. But um, I'm going for a pretty tight one. Uh, I'll go the force by five. Fair enough. And Steve? I think it's going to come down to the forwards again, um, especially with the with the rain expected. So mm. I think um, the force had a few issues last week with their set piece. Um, they, obviously, a week on the Gold Coast may have fixed it, but who, who knows? But I think, you know, the Reds set piece last week, there wasn't too many problems with it, uh, despite the scoreline. But uh, it's going to come down to that. I think the Reds might snatch it. And you know, like you said, they've got a lot to play for to make up for last week's um, terrible display. Yeah, well, let's just hope. Um, uh, let's hope they can do it for the uh, sake of the Reds fans and the Reds season. So the final two games of the of the weekend, sorry, are the Stormers taking on the Blues at Cape Town late Saturday night our time, and the Sharks taking on the Lions. Sharks taking on the Lions at Durban. So a couple of South African, uh, oh, sorry, a South African derby there to finish it off, um, which finishes our round uh, and, and what shapes as being a, a fascinating round of rugby. I want to finish up, Hugh, by just throwing to you, mate. Uh, in lieu of doing rugby news. And just uh, for fans of the blog, I'm, I'm sure you would have seen a couple of articles Hugh put a lot of time and effort into on the, the recent machinations around some of the changes to the ARU, uh, I guess, fee structure and whatnot. 
Hugh, without sort of recapping the articles people can read, what's been the response? Like any interesting points um, being made uh, on the blog and whatnot? And, and how have you found that sort of process? What learnings have you taken from it? Oh, it's been really interesting. I mean, it, it, it's um, a lot of people on the ground with different experiences, which I think um, is valuable from the IAU's perspective. I, I honestly hope they're reading it because it shows just the, the different levels of um, consultation that people have received, the, the uh, you know, varying experiences from union to union, from place to place. You know, some people are paying a lot more than others and some people have got really positive experiences and, and some people have got really negative experiences and it just shows... I think that's a, that's probably the same with all sports. You can never control it and make sure everyone has the exact same sort of um, level of experience and, and dealings with whatever unions they're, they're uh, a part of. Um, it's interesting, though. I mean, look, I'll make this little observation, uh, probably safe in the knowledge that not many people at the AU listen to this podcast. Um, but one of the issues around the, uh, around this whole level of reform and, and the new uh, fees and the insurance system is is the poor communication and, and how reluctant the ARU's been to, to tell their story on this. So, I mean, talking to us was a big step for them and it was the first time they'd actually sat down and done an interview and you think they'd, they'd really like to get it out far and wide because it's quite interesting and some of the comments on the blog are people saying, geez, this is great, this is an interesting perspective and I wish I'd heard it earlier. Mm. Um, mm. And yet, the two articles have been up there and uh, the ARU uh, media accounts, we haven't had one uh, referral from them, not a retweet, not um, a Facebook post, uh, no effort to publicise it at all, which I find very strange considering, considering how little they've been out there on this issue and how it seems that they wanted to start communicating and and our blog, you know, as much as it does have an audience, it does have a fairly small audience considering the, the overall rugby community. And I'm just amazed that they haven't wanted to, to push it and publicise it far and wide, given, you know, I, I think it's a pretty level analysis of the whole situation and it displays their point of view pretty well. But yeah. um, I think it's a bit indicative of just how the strategy is being run. Yeah, I think you're right, mate. I think there's a bit of a left arm, right arm situation going there at the moment because you're right. That was a really even-handed uh, couple of articles by yourself, and they were quite open, eye-opening in areas. And I and and I agree with you. There's a there's a, a general feel that you know the AU, the the concepts right, the strategies right. It's just the the approach they did it. Interesting little snapshot uh, this week was a lot of junior rugby uh, sign-ons the last couple of weeks. Um, my own junior club here. Uh, looks like their numbers are down significantly. Now, I don't think that's related necessarily directly to this. Our costs are pretty much the same as last year, mainly a minor in, uh, increase, but nothing more than CPI. But the the impression from the president and the exec is more the overall feel of rugby at the moment is a little bit on the nose and, and what impact that might be having, um, which is really interesting uh, uh, from a, a broader perspective. So the RU's got a lot to do to reconnect with the, their core base um, and as you say there's some indications there that they're just come on missing the opportunities perhaps a few times and a, a lot's got to change pretty quickly for those guys particularly in a World Cup year where anything can happen and uh, they've got to be on their guard to take full advantage of any success they may get out of it. Exactly yeah look I mean they've obviously got a lot of competent people in that organisation and Andrew Larratt's one of them obviously you know knows a lot about his subject area and what he's doing. But, um, yeah, look, I mean, and I, I thank him. It was really great to sit down and chat to, and hopefully we can do it again. But, um, yeah, the, the, there's uh, a lot a lot of work still to be done there. Yeah. All right, guys, look, we're going to wrap it up there. It's uh, edging uh, over the hour now. Uh, but uh, really great chat, great show. I hope our listeners enjoyed it. It was uh, a fantastic first week of Super Rugby, and let's hope that the second week continues to be the same. Uh, Steve, good luck against the Chiefs there, mate. Thank you very much. We'll need it. Timmy, Hugh, uh, I look forward to the uh, the winner perhaps earning the right to come back next week. Eh? <laughs> Sounds good to me. Thanks, mate. <laughs> okay, well, I'll make plans for next week, then. <laughs> <laughs> plans for different. Actually, I, I will say one thing. Yes. Let's, I mean, let's just uh, fingers crossed, toes crossed for no injuries because World Cup year, it's getting to that point where any time anyone goes down now, I just wince because yeah. you know it's coming and you know someone's going to be that hard... Hard luck story to miss out, but geez, you just don't want anyone to have it. Yeah, that's right. Good call. Yeah, that's right. 
Um, and Sully, let's hope you and I, just like that guy from uh, uh, what was Billy Christie movie, uh, when they the, the old country movie, he had to go and refind his smile. Let's hope you and I find our smile on Saturday <laughs> night at Suncorp Stadium, mate. Yeah, mate, but let's hope we don't have to swim to go find it. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, thanks for the show. Listeners, thanks for listening. Get out there, enjoy your rugby this weekend, and we'll speak to you next week. Yeah, right there, right there.